Welcome to the music edition of the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. I, I always dreamed to be a musician. Uh, my dad was a self-taught guitar player, and my brother would eventually become the drummer of Emory and has been for the past 15 years. But I guess the powers that be had a better plan for me because I'm an alcoholic with almost four years of sobriety underneath my belt, and I'm sure if I became a musician, I'd probably be dead from addiction. Um, uh, let's flash back to 1989 while attending Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. That's a plug for Terre Haute. Uh, watching MTV was as much of a staple than actually studying. Studying, And at this time, bands like Britney Fox, Cinderella, Poison, Warrant, The Crew, just to name a few, were, were my musical choices. Uh, then there was Bang Tango and their album Psycho Cafe. I immediately hooked my Walkman up to the cassette. Yes, I did say cassette. For those of wow. you who don't know about cassettes, I'll tell you a little bit later on the uh, <laughs> intro for the show. And it's what I listened to walking around on campus. Someone Like You was, was and still is one of my favorite songs from this musical era. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one, the guest this evening is one of the founding members of that group, guitarist Mark Knight, who has left that era in the rearview mirror and has moved on with Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes. Their latest album is called Don't Kill the Cat. It's available on iTunes and at markknightandtheunsungheroes.com. You can also get a, co a uh, autographed copy from their site. Mark, thank you for joining us, and, and thank you for being a part of my college years. <laughs> you got it, Billy. That sounds interesting. Uh, the old Walkman, huh, with the cassette. <laughs> the Sony Walkman. It goes way back. I, I, I actually don't think it was a Sony Walkman because, you know, we were poor, so I think it was a Sanyo. Okay, I remember those, definitely. <laughs> right on, man. Happy uh, to be on your show here. Uh, well, thank you very much. Mark, tell everybody a little bit about where you were born and raised, and, and do you remember who introduced you to the guitar, and was it actually your first musical instrument? Uh, I was born and raised in North Hollywood, um, Southern California, California. Um, and... Uh, I was adopted at a young age, uh, at age two, and I, I was adopted into a great family, and all my uh, biological family were musicians, and um, I just had a knack and love for music, and in the seventh grade, uh, I took a acoustic guitar class with a bunch of my buddies. We were basically skateboarders, and uh, but we loved music, and I picked up an acoustic guitar and started, uh, started I just took to it naturally, and just fell in love with the instrument and guitar is my first uh instrument ever and um just went from there wanted to be jimmy page <laughs> at that age uh, what was the brand of your first guitar you know what i borrowed it from a neighbor a neighbor down the street who uh he was a guitar a kid guitar player too and my dad's like i thought i got you acoustic i had it was just been a, it was like a uh, you know, a Tijuana Mexican guitar that he probably picked up uh, um, in a flea market or something. There was, I can't even remember the brand, but um, started with that. And then um, once my dad realized I was, you know, head over heels for music and guitar, he got me my first guitar, which was a Fender Strat, uh, 1973 Strat. So uh, that was my first electric real guitar. And, and were your adoptive parents happy about that? You know, uh, my other, my sisters, I had three sisters and none, and you know, they used to have to 
basically uh, nag them to practice the instrument they chose, piano, guitar, whatever. But they saw that I was just like, they didn't have to ask me anything about it. And at first they were like, yeah, he loves music. He's still looking at he's picking this stuff up real fast. But eventually it was a little annoying to them because I was so obsessed with music. And they're like, man, that's all you do is play guitar. I, I did not know you were adopted. So, you know, you see all this stuff out and about about, I mean, so do you know your adoptive parent or do you know your uh, biological parents? My biological mom died when I, um, when I was one years old, she was a singer and, uh, I don't know my dad. No, he, they never found him, but I, I really don't tell people about it. But for some reason, you went back to my, where I was born and my, my kind of introduction to music and maybe just kind of throw that out there. But, um, yeah, that's that's where it's at. And and what music or record albums did uh, Mark Knight purchase or or have on his uh, uh, turntable when he was a youngster? Um, I used to listen to a lot of forty fives when I was first, you know, before I played them guitar. You know, I listened to like all the hits from you know Benny and the Jet to like uh, whatever, like the forty fives that were out, like the hit singles, and then. Eventually, once I picked up the guitar and wanted to be a like kind of a rock guitar player, um, my first records were, I think, Zeppelin II, uh, a lot of Zeppelin, a lot of, uh, I picked up Kiss, Ted Nugent, a lot of the 70 rock bands, um, Alice Cooper. Um, those were my initial like introduction to, to rock and roll. How old are you, Mark? 55. 55. Well, I'm 52, so we're kind of in that... Uh... Same uh, age range there a little bit. And you know I'm going to have to, one, explain cassettes, and now I'm going to have to explain 45s. <laughs> 45s are records, are like, you know, singles. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just in <laughs> case that, that younger genre gets on here and listens, like, what's a 45? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when does the light go off, or, or you're in high school, you're graduating high school, um, um, did you always want to be in a band? Is that what you thought you were going to do in life? Well, I started playing in bands when I was in high school. Uh, even before, like, you know, my first 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, all, all those years of high school, I, I was dreaming of being a, in a rock band and doing stuff. And, I, you know, I was playing, like, the clubs in Hollywood when I was in 11th grade in high school. So uh, by 12th grade, you know, I was destined to be in some kind of band and that was my 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 dream and my goal and um pretty much all i all i wanted to do there was no really going back but i did whatever i had to to kind of make make my parents happy and you know i went to college i got a degree and uh had plan b as they would say where'd you go to school uh i went to calabasas high school that was my high school uh and then i went off to uh uh, junior college, I went to Pierce College in the uh, San Fernando Valley. Graduated uh, with Associated Arts from there. And then I went on to Recording Engineering School. And uh, almost finished that, and then I got a record deal. And <laughs> that was it. And how quickly did that happen, the record deal? Uh, well, I was in a lot of different bands uh, throughout uh, my youth. And eventually put this band together, Bang Tango, uh, and... Uh, we had, we just clicked and it was the timing was right. Um, and six eight months we were getting some interest from labels and we got a record deal within nine months. 
And and did you feel? I mean, did you take it all in during that period? Did did it move too fast? Were there things that you you look back upon now and and, and would like to have changed and slowed it down a little bit? Not really, because you know I I was you know we were all destined to like get a record deal and and the, the sooner the better because that's what we wanted to do and um, we were a pretty solid band and we had a good good batch of songs ready and we wanted to record and make a record and um, we wanted to not have to work our day jobs anymore so <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have slowed it down I would have uh, you know I was pretty happy the way it rolled it was it's it, it's kind of a magical thing when um, everything kind of aligns and you have people that are interested and willing to invest in your band and um, it just lined up really well for us and we were we were fortunate within nine months to pick off some kind of record deal to uh, to get us out of uh, basically working a day job and doing what we wanted to do the love for music and make music you, you know I've always been interested how, how does that work you, you get a record deal I mean is that is that like, you know, I get paid once every two weeks. Is that is that something you get some cash up front once every two or three months? Or, or how does that work? It's different with every kind of label and every kind of deal with different bands. Um, some some um, some labels will give you, give a band an advance of like, you know, $50,000 and say, here you go, you know, live off of that. That's back then. It's different now. It's completely different now. But when when we got our deal... We basically got a uh, not 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 the biggest deal ever. We got a decent deal, enough to make a record, enough to like have our management take our money and kind of put us on a salary, um, and divvy it up for each guy in the band. And it was minimal, not it's like two hundred bucks a week. And we, you know, we were all living kind of in apartments and in small houses together and whatever. So uh, we made it work. But um, our manager at the time, you know, wanted to to kind of make it so we didn't have to have a day job and we can do music full time. But other, other labels will give a band, you know, a huge chunk of money. And, you know, at that age, you're 22, 23 or whatever. A lot of those, those young musicians burn through the money and they're out of money like fast. And so, so did Mark Knight, did you have, did he have any kind of uh you know, I'm sure, you know, when you're a youngster, you like to party where, and, and, and everything that I've kind of, uh, uh, researched on you and watched on YouTube and everything else, uh, you handled yourself pretty well. You didn't really have any kind of heavy addiction problems, did you? Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, I managed to keep, keep clear of any kind of hard drug use or anything that would, you know, really put me over the edge and take me out and not not let me do what I want to do, which is play music. Um, so, you know, I, I got pretty lucky. I, I dodged a lot of bullets. A lot of people around me went down. Um, and, you know, I kept pretty clean with that. You know, I basically just, I drink beer. That's pretty much all I do <laughs> and all I have done for years. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I kept, you know, I kept it together. I know when to stop and, and not get too uh, wrapped up in any kind of over-the-top party action. I've, and I kind of stayed out of that kind of trouble. Throughout my whole life. Had you ever been to Texas before you guys came to the Austin area and made the album? Uh, I'd been through there as a kid, you know. Um, but we went to Austin to do Psycho Cafe um, and did our first record there. And then throughout the touring, throughout Bang Tango, throughout the years, we always went through different parts of Texas. You know, the job of a musician 
especially you are on how you're such a high performance guitar player and, and, and you're so good at it. Is that like being a professional athlete? I mean, um, were you recruited by, or, or even a, even an athlete coming out of high school? Were you recruited by bands? Were you tried to? Uh, um, were there other opportunities that you could have gone for, but you decided to uh, make your focus with uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier and, and moving on with that? Or how hard is it not to jump ship as a musician? Uh, well, you know, I started out with a, a goal to put my own band together and write original music and play music that I wrote uh, as a guitar player. And um, there were opportunities. Yeah, um, when I was like 16, I got offered some 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 uh, positions in bands that were old, older people. And my parents were like, "You're you're too young to play with these guys." But um, you know, there are opportunities like that, and I've had them my my whole entire career. And uh, I always took the road of writing original music and sticking to like my own art form of um, being creative as an artist and guitar player and not really uh, doing the you know hired gun or play for other people kind of you know um, kind of gig and you know a lot of times I've been told man you should just like you know t- take the gig with this band take the gig with that band and I was like no I want to do my thing I've always like stuck to my own path and and it's Financially, it has been a struggle at times post Bang Tango, uh, but that's just my my course and what I always wanted to do and what I continue to do. So that's just my I, I chose to do that. Um, what was while you were with? Uh, you know, I only get four questions about the previously named band, and I think I'm already done. But what uh, <laughs> what it, what is it like to tour in the United States and even with? Uh, even with Mark Knight and Unsung Heroes, what is it like to tour in the United States as a band and abroad in a band like you were in? Uh, I mean, what do you mean? What it was, what it was like? I mean, there's just so many different specifically degrees J- of Japan. It. I, I mean, Japan. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Japan was. I mean, uh, to, to go abroad. I mean, we went abroad to like the UK. We went abroad to, you know, we left the US. Uh, a lot of different ways um, and, and different times. Um, initially, there's some sort of like, uh, you know, you, you, get, you get a lot more respect when you're from the United States and you go play in the UK or you go and play in Japan or you, for some reason they look at you like, oh, you're from, you know, you're from America. So uh, you're treated a little bit, <laughs> like a little bit more royalty-like, uh, which is fun and great, you know. Uh, and, um, makes you feel good but uh you know uh, japan was amazing i mean uh you're, you're definitely like almost on another planet over there uh parts of the uk we we did a lot of that we did the entire uk up to scotland from from england um and you get out into the countryside and it's kind of like you know you're missing america <laughs> but uh it, it's it's a it's a different experience um going going overseas do you have any really good like travel stories or you, you know, in traveling to Japan or, or you know touring across the United States. I mean, did you enjoy it? Did, was it was it was it hard to be on the road? I mean, were you were you married at the time? I mean, how hard is it to have a relationship while you're uh, you're you're a star in a rock and roll band and you're going from town to town? Uh, I wasn't married. I, I had a girlfriend at the time, and it was kind of strange because. 
when you're out there, it was before like, you know, cell phones and internet and stuff like that. So, uh, there's a disconnect that kind of just happens sometimes. And at that age, when, at that age of my life, I was in my mid twenties. Um, I was gone for so long that you almost just forget about your, your, your girlfriend at home and your home life and everything. Uh, and it's kind of like you have to join the party or, or get off. Um, and you know, some people can't handle the road at that age and just want to go home and be with their girlfriend and live their life. But, uh, the other end is like, you just, you just kind of roll with the circus. And for me, it was kind of like disconnected from my girlfriend. I like lost one of my longtime girlfriends while I was on the road at that time. Um, I was never married when during bang tango or those touring, uh, those, those massive tours that we went on for, for weeks on end. So, uh, that's kind of kind of how it was. What did you think of the video making process? And tell us how it's kind of changed from uh, from your first video to the videos that you do now with uh, Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes. Um. Well, the Bang Tango videos were real, you know, cutting edge MTV type of marketing tools that were really. Uh, powerful back then um they could make or break a band and actually when we first put out someone like you uh it kind of put us on the map and drew like a lot of fans and just people just saw us visually and you know we were on all the time but um they were a lot more money of course because now you can do everything on a cell phone pretty much um so it was a big production it was a big deal and um you know, you get a director and it was like picking the right director to do your video. And it was, it was a lot, a lot went into those early videos. And, and nowadays, uh, you know, um, with my solo stuff, Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes, you know, uh, I haven't done a video in a couple, couple records actually, but, uh, Road to Guys was the record I did, um, a while back. And we did a video for a song called Lies and, uh, another one for, uh, Sink Your Teeth in too. And, and those are just, you know, I found some creative young guys, directors that kind of uh, whipped those together for me. And, and it was kind of a, you know, freebie art form thing that they did for the cause. And they came out great and they got a, they got attention for us and stuff. But it was it's just a little different marketing tool now that uh, than it was back then.
Um, you know, as a young musician and uh, uh, with your band, is it, I mean, how involved were you with, you know, your publishing rights and stuff like that? Jeez. Uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question. You know, you know, back then it was like, you know, we met with a lawyer and blah, 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 and we split everything five ways within the band. And, um, you know, certain guys are doing a lot more than other guys. And it was just kind of like whatever, you know, we kind of just went with the program with the people that were kind of representing us as, you know, we were in our 20s. We were just happy to get money and just play music. But honestly, we could have kept a lot better eye on all that stuff. And, um, you know, uh, down the road, we probably we got burned by a lot of people um, for not being on top of that uh, at a young age. Um, so, you know, we get advanced publishing money because publishing back then you get a publishing deal, they give you some money and they own your publishing and then they can go out and use your music for, it's like a licensing deal where they can use it for a, a year and put it out and do whatever they want with your music. And then you get, you, you get the rights back. Um, but I, I think everybody in the band would have taken a different course if we were a little bit smarter and wiser at that, at that age. So, uh, with my own stuff, I handle everything on my own now with the unsung heroes. I mean, you know, I have my own publishing deal. I keep an eye on everything and I write all this stuff. So, uh, I make sure that, um, it's covered, you know, for whatever people want to use it for. And tell us about the formation of Mark Knight and the unsung heroes. Uh, so, so in 95, the original Bang Tango kind of broke up, uh, in a strange way. Uh, and I was pursuing, uh, singing and songwriting, uh, basically acoustic and just writing my own stuff, uh, outside of like the band and, uh, not so much guitar oriented, but just song oriented. And, uh, you know, it kind of led to, uh, developing a songwriting skill and then eventually, um, going back electric kind of with the music I was writing and singing and fronting my own project. Um, and then I had this, I put this band called worry bees together and worry bees. Uh, you know, we tour a lot in the South. We did our own, we put some records out on our own. And, uh, from that splintered off to just, I did a solo record outside of that band. Cause I was kind of, kind of doing most of the work in that band. Anyways, I was writing all the songs and, uh, booking the gigs and managing the band and doing whatever it was to make it happen. And, uh, I kind of did a solo thing with some uh, really great players, Matt Apps from Government Mule, and I got a bunch of really um, awesome world-class kind of musicians to back me and, and do a record. I did it. It's called Bone Rail Tight, and uh, I started with Mark Knight, and then toured on that a bit, and then uh, split it off from that and kind of put a band around that that record, and then another decided to do another record and kind of form a band, so I, I brought in kind of a idea of the unsung heroes which are a lot of great musicians and friends of mine uh to to be my band and that could be interchanging that's why it's like the unsung heroes and uh reeve downs from rhino bucket played bass uh i brought tig kettler from bang tango and played drums uh, uh we had a different guitar player and then uh we put that band together and that was the unsung heroes and we did uh roads to guys mark knight and the unsung heroes roads to guys the premiere of that and uh that's kind of how that band developed and it's still interchanging it that's why it's the unsung heroes you, you know i i listened I, i'm a huge bob seeger fan 
And one night they said, I think it was Rock Talk or I can't remember the show, you know, back in the in the the late eighties and and I was like really excited and, and I decided to listen to the program and and they, the guy who was doing the interview said, uh, you know, Bob, where do you get your uh, influence for writing songs? And uh, Bob said, you know, it comes from Woody Allen movies. And that just blew my mind, number one, because <laughs> at that point in time, I'd never seen a Woody Allen movie. And number two, I was like, <laughs> now every time that I listen to a Bob Seger song, I think of Woody Allen and those glasses. But uh, to kind of, you know, veer from there, what... What influences your writing? And, you know, for example, uh, we went and saw Rocket Man, which was a great movie. And, you know, um, uh, the combo was one guy wrote the lyrics and one guy wrote the music. So what are your influences with writing music and then putting music to your lyrics? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I really started with just um, I really wanted to I mean, I really got into lyrics out, outside of. Uh, when, when I got outside of Bang Tango uh, in 95 or whatever, when I started to kind of pursue this singer-songwriter thing I, I'm doing, um, I really started listening to a lot of singer-songwriters, you know, Bob Dylan being one of them, major one. Uh, uh, I mean, just a bunch of them. And I started getting into this kind of uh, kind of country Americana blues rock thing um, and listening to what people had to say. And, and uh, I started tapping into... Uh, kind of like diaries or journals of my own experiences in life uh, translated into, you know, songs and lyrics and choruses. And um, that was my initial kind of like uh, intake into like writing lyrics. So my main influences are from, you know, going back then to my surroundings. I, I would write a lot about people around me, uh, characters in my life, um, you know, uh, of course, relationships like everybody writes about. Uh, and then it kind of evolved into really personal like experiences of my own life and some of the stuff uh, being a you know father of two daughters and uh, a family man to uh, a divorce to, you know, I kind of like started like writing, writing my own kind of, um, you know, stories of my own personal life. And that became a real therapy uh, thing for me is writing songs and that, and, you know, and then I'd write, like I'd go back to different people, but that's, you know, I don't write about, you know, uh, I'm not political in my lyrics. I try to stay away from that. Uh, you know, I write about good things and, and bad things and I kind of lean on the dark into things for some reason. Uh, and that's kind of where, where my inspiration comes from the lyrics. And and what's it like to be a, a musician and also, if I'm not mistaken, you have a couple of teenage daughters. Is that right? Correct. And, and and what's it like to be a musician and also be a father? I mean, how 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 difficult is that to juggle or balance? Well, you know, during their you know they're growing up now. One's seven, one's eighteen, and one's twenty. But you know, during their younger younger age, you know. You, you know, being a musician and an artist of any kind is, it's a little self-indulging because you're constantly thinking about yourself and your music. And, you know, that because that usually is number one to like a real musician or artist, I think of any, any kind. Um, so you have to juggle not being too self-centered with your own stuff. And, 
you know, share yourself as a, as a father or a family man or whatever, whatever you chose to do, you know, otherwise you're going to be drunk in, a, in an apartment and, you know, Timbuktu, <laughs> write your crazy songs. But, uh, so, so there's a, there's a definitely, a, a juggling, uh, aspect of that where you have to kind of put yourself in check and realize it's not all about you and your music and, uh, what people think about it because, you know, you, you know, you gotta be, not so selfish, especially with raising daughters or, or kids, any kind of kids, you know? And so, so I learned to balance it. Um, sometimes I got wrapped up in my own stuff too much, but you know, I didn't, I didn't overdo the touring, uh, bringing them up. I, you know, I'd, I'd go out of town here and there, but it wouldn't be like, you know, six months out of the year or some, how these, some of these guys travel, um, because I did want to be there for them and not be like a absent father to them. You know, most, you know, this is actually my first music interview and I appreciate you being my first interview. And with most of the stuff I do is with authors and basketball players and kind of sports interviews. And, um, I always talk about six degrees of separation and, um, that being, um, Kyle Ketterling is an author. And of course his son is, is, well, I think I evidently, I think his, he named him after himself, Kyle, and he was Kyle. Kyle, do you guys still stay um, uh, together or communicate? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kyle, well, Kyle's like my brother. I mean, we, we, we went to, we went to battle together. <laughs> uh, we formed Bang Tango. Me and him are the founding members of Bang Tango. Uh, so, uh, you know, he, we, uh, we've kind of taken different lives. You know, he's, uh, he, he's taken a different course in his life and I'm, I've continued to do my own solo stuff and kind of, continue to take the music course of uh, playing original music and continually writing and recording and putting out records and playing and touring and doing what, um, but you know, we're, we're, uh, uh, we're not super tight, but we're still, we have a, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's my bro. So we're always going to, we're always going to be there for each other. And, uh, I actually, uh, getting ready to do a new record and reached out to him to actually play some bass uh, parts on uh, the new record. So, uh, and he said he's, he's up for it. So, uh, we haven't done anything musically together in years, so uh, but we're still good. Yeah. Uh, what's in the future for uh, Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes? Do you guys tour a lot? I saw. I I guess I, I looked at you guys, your guys' website, which of course everybody can go to Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes dot com. Um, are you trying to tour more, or you know, are are you staying well, right regional now, in I, California? Uh, I, put, I I put a record out. Uh, in, 2018 or we put a record out uh called don't kill the cats recent record uh we basically put it out we play a lot of local shows we have you know i didn't do any uh, any touring really on this one um i've done a lot of touring on the other a lot of the other records but um you know we we kind of ran its course we did some cool stuff we got some you know we have a we have a pretty cool little fan base uh and you know decided to do another one so here we are in 2019 I, I wrote another 15 songs demoed them up at my house and we just started the process of recording a new record so the next six months to a year we're going to be recording this new record and, and uh releasing that and then um you know we'll probably i, I plan to do some touring again on the, the next one because it's been a while so yeah that's where we're at and, and what do you think of um, Ed, do you do cover songs? Have you done a cover song? What, what do you think about that and other artists doing those? Uh, I'm not a big fan of playing covers. Um, 
I never have been. I mean, uh, I do a lot of acoustic shows around town here. Um, and, you know, I get people asking me to play covers. And I'll throw in a couple obscure ones here and there. But um, never a big fan of cover, doing covers. Um, I, it, you know, I don't, I don't have anything against bands that do it or because you can make money at it, especially if you're good musicians. Uh, but never my forte. Uh, I prefer sticking to original songs. Um, this is a question that I want to know. There's only a, you know, only musicians can get away with the wardrobe that they wear. (laughs) And, and, you know, like there is no way, like, you know, in some of the interviews you've done, you you have this great looking skull ring, but there's no way in hell that I could put on this skull ring and look (laughs) as cool as Mark Knight. So what goes in to, you know, you, you can take it from your early days. You can take it from today because uh, I love your hats. I love the hats. I love the hats. But <laughs> but what goes into the wardrobe of a rock star? I mean, what what, what you uh, go into a venue, you I go into like a I'm shop or a boutique, what happens? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know what? It's, it's, you know, the I mean, how, how do you look at, how do you look in the mirror and go, this shit looks cool? I mean, I'm not, I'm not being mean. I mean, I think it looks cool on you. And, you know, all the interviews that I've done and research, it looks cool on you. But what goes, what, what's the process? I mean, you know, it's like, it, you know, like a, a wardrobe and, and clothes and how you decorate yourself. To, to most artists, it's kind of like an evolving thing that happens because it's an expression of yourself. And it's like, eventually, like some people just, have style taste and some don't and some and some people can pull stuff off and some can't and you just kind of like just like if you put on a pair of like you know whatever you wear shoes and you're like well the the brown ones don't look as good as the black ones i'm gonna wear those today because those are more me you know it's kind of like it's kind of like that like you know i'll put something on be like yeah that doesn't look right I i don't know it's just it's it's stylistically like dressing yourself as a musician goes with like personality and art form it's like another extension of it <laughs> um so uh, tell everybody where i mean um, of course i told them they can go to itunes w- where else can they go uh, of course youtube stuff like that uh, or tell us the youtube channel tell us where they can go to uh, uh listen to your music and to your stuff uh so mark knight and the unsung com has a link to uh all the 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 actual physical CD, which is like becoming dinosaur these days, where you can actually order CD and the CDs. Uh, you can go to iTunes and pick up um, all the records. Uh, Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes. Uh, some of the obscure ones like Mark Knight, Bone Rail Tight, you can't get on iTunes uh, for some reason. So uh, the the recent um, three records I put out, which are. Uh, Road to Guys, Mark Knight, which is my solo acoustic record, and uh, Don't Kill the Cat, you can get on iTunes. Um, where else? Let's see. Uh, then there's like Spotify, which you can go on, and I have a Spotify account where you can listen to the records on that. Um, it's on CD Baby, which is this private website that put out the record. And then there's, you know, if you just Google Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes, there's a bunch of different... Uh, music media stores online that you can you can pick up the record um and and download it and then the, uh, i have a band camp too 
Bandcamp.com, Mark Knight, Mansung Heroes Band, Bandcamp.com. You can go on there and you can actually listen to the three of the records for, uh, I think, like three times through. Um, and you can pick out if, if you like one of them or the other one, and then and eventually you have to buy it. But uh, it's free listen for three times. Uh, Mark, did you keep a journal or do you ever think about writing a book? Uh, you know, I talked to my wife about that a bunch. We were going to, we were going to like dip into that. Uh, you know, it comes and goes because sometimes I just want to forget some of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes I want to like tell everybody about it. Uh, especially bang tango those, those years. Uh, so, uh, you never know. I might consider it. You know, you've done a really good job of really, like I said earlier in the uh, show of doing, you know, looking in the rear view mirror and, and moving on. Um, and I'm assuming that's was difficult, but you're happy with what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of kept true to my heart and, um, like I said, there's been opportunities down the road where I probably could have made a lot more money playing guitar for some band rather than fronting, fronting and writing and, you know, recording my own music and doing my own trip. But, um, I've been doing it a long time. I've been, I've been at it for 20 years on my own and developed kind of a, kind of a really cool, solid, uh, cult following, like small, but just loyal to what I'm doing and enough to make me go, yeah, I want to put out some more music. Uh, these people are waiting to hear some more. And, uh, you know, they're talking about my songs and, you know, they bring up old songs and, you know, it's just, it's, it's enough to make me, you know, continue to like, you know, share share my music and, and, and drive me to put it out. It's not like I'm just throwing it out at the dartboard and going, ah, well, I'll just write another song, hope somebody likes it. Um, so it continues to grow over the years, which has been great and really kept me kept me going with this. And there's been a lot of times I've doubted it. There's been times I've been, you know, hoping for the big dream of, you know, opening up for some major band. And do, you know, I mean, uh, I just haven't really caught the brakes on really open up to the to the big leagues again and, and getting out there and playing when, you know, uh, opening up for major, major acts, but I'm super content with what I'm doing. I have a nice following here in, in my neighborhood. You know, I'm getting a little older here. I'm settling down with my wife. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying life. And I got a home studio and I continue to write and, and, uh, get my music out. So, uh, it's been, it's been good. I'm, I'm real happy with the, with the, uh, the path I chose. What is on Mark Knight's playlist, be it guilty pleasure or whatever, that people wouldn't think that you listen to? Oh, jeez. Connor Oberst, Elliot Smith, uh, let's see who else, uh, Richard Ashcroft, a bunch of people you've never heard of, probably. Uh, a lot of singer-songwriters I, I like. Uh, I like a lot of stuff. I like, um, let's see, what am I listening to? Sunvolt. Um, who else? You know, I like a lot of, you know, classic rock stuff. Um, what else? Something you might know. Um, <laughs> I probably dropped a bunch of names you never heard, but uh, obscure stuff. That's just kind of yeah. I'm always digging for for the next fix of music that uh, that gets me excited about music again because I get bored with a lot of stuff. Um, I love a lot of the. Uh, Southern rock stuff, Drive By Truckers, uh, Jason Isbell, the spinoffs, uh, uh, Mike Cooley from the Drive By Truckers, his solo stuff, just a lot of different, different obscure stuff, kind of. 
Do you um, uh, do your daughters? Uh, are they, do they have the influence, the musical influence uh, that you've given them, or uh, you try to uh, uh, you know ease them away from that? Or uh, my youngest daughter Scarlett is, uh, you know, she just got a record deal with a, a band called her band called Rose Dorn, uh, and she's about to go on tour this summer, um, and she's signed to a, a a really cool indie label. Um, called bar none and uh they just uh they're releasing her record um in a couple weeks here so she's a singer guitar player um kind of indie rock different really obscure kind of stuff um and then my my oldest daughter is an artist uh she's also believe it or not an a&r woman for a a label (laughs) so they're definitely following the music uh, path that i took so you can go to Mark Knight and the unsungheroes.com. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, Mark Knight, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule and share with us, uh, you know, keeping the nostalgia alive with uh, your music. Uh, I, you know, you're a part of, uh, of me growing up. So I thank you for answering some of my questions about uh, BT. <laughs> and uh, right, No problem. No yeah. problem. And I think everyone will enjoy this. And I thank you so much for joining us. You got it, Billy, and uh, good luck with your program, and thanks for having me.